Well, maybe it's like Casey says, fella ain't got a soul of his own, just a little piece of a big soul. The one big soul that belongs to everybody. Then... Then what, Doc? Then it don't matter. I'll be all around in the dark. I'll be everywhere. Wherever you can look. Wherever there's a cop beating up a guy. I'll be there. I'll be in the way kids laugh when they're hungry and they know supper's ready. And when the people are eating the stuff they raise and living in the houses they build, I'll be there too. I don't understand it, though. Me neither, Mom. Just something I've been thinking about. You're listening to the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. From sports to gardening, from good food with close friends, to great music and movies. Provided by your hosts, Cody Stoffer, the reluctant Gen Xer, and Craig Morton, the token baby boomer. These guys are allergic to big words, but not to big ideas. Profound things will be said, but they will be entirely by accident. Yes, we're here to talk a little bit more. A season after Epiphany heading to Lent, and Craig's joining us from the road. How about that? Wonderful. Craig is driving along. I might have lost him. I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) You are bubbly, bubbly. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, Craig is on the road. So the his audio, it's going to be a surprise. We just don't know what's hey, going to happen. There? You're you are here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm coming up toward Plano or Plano or whatever that name is, where the big old cement factory. That's is. right. Yes. Yeah. And yep. right before you get there, there's a lot of curves and hills and swerbies in the road, which yep. means some places that the cell tower won't get. Ooh, so, fun. Yeah. Fun. I look forward to it. Okay, so Craig is heading to Baker City because he's going to set a church aright. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I do. That's my job. That's what Craig does. Craig is a... Okay, so I'm Cody. Craig is joining us from the road. Craig is, in addition to being a pastor, he also does some consulting work with churches. So one of the churches uh, this week is in Baker City that he's helping out. So he's joining us from the road, but he's going to uh, to be a champ on the road. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm just going to look straight ahead. We don't have any video turned on, so he will not be distracted. He's just going to talk and talk and talk, and who knows? And all of our show notes are just in my head and in my heart. That's right. He knows exactly where we're going. Well, actually, we should begin. We're still in Epiphany. Yes? Were you going to say something? The season after Epiphany. I'm sorry. We're not in Epiphany. We are That's in right. the season after Epiphany, and it's actually... You know, but if we're in Epiphany, we're, that could be just a spiritual state of being That's in right. a place of it's a apocalyptic, everyday, 
That's right. It's a holdover from Epiphany. We're still, uh, we're still in a epiphonic state. <laughs> oh, that is a good word. <laughs> the, the phonic, P-H-O-N-I-C. So we're yes, listening. Epiphonic. Epiphonic. Ooh. Like an epiphone. That's right. That's right. Yeah. See, some things happen sometimes on the show that you just blows yeah, your mind. That's going to work. <laughs> Epiphonic. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Epiphonic. No, no, I like epiphonic. That's good. It'll work. It'll work. Okay. But yes, so yes, so we're the, in this. Today is February 1st. And we know what incredible thing happened 100 years ago, years, years ago today. Okay, today's February 1st. 100 years to go today. I know where this is going. My man, Jackie Robinson was born. Yeah, yes. Yes, a century. Oh, that is so cool. That is amazing. When did he, when did he, when did he die? Such a hero. Do you remember when he died? Well, let's see. He died at the age of 30, 53, so that'd be 47 years ago. Oh, wow. Amazing. Whoa, 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 Craig. Boy, you are garbled, man. Okay. <laughs> Your, that last statement was a little bit better, but there it was rough. Where are you at? Are, can you hear me? Can you hear us, Craig? Why don't you talk? Okay, I'll talk for a little bit. So yes, we're in the. When you get to uh, keep an eye on your status bar, and when you see good service, chime in. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So we're in one of the longest seasons after Epiphany, and this year in particular, it's a long one because Easter is a little bit later in the year. But Craig is talking about the birth, and yes, the birthday of Jackie Robinson. And that's because baseball, why it's on our mind is baseball is coming up right around the corner. Pitchers, catchers are reporting in a couple of weeks. But before we do that, we want to pay homage to Jackie Robinson and just the uh, transcendent example he set in his life and with his uh, way of approaching uh, adversity. And what an amazing character. And uh, truly, uh, one for the ages, Jackie Robinson. Not just a supreme talent, he was very talented, but also just, I think, the right guy at the right time, you know? Just that, uh, just, just uh, yeah, I love baseball history, and Jackie Robinson looms large over it. So, baseball, football, overlap right now the Super Bowl is coming up when you listen to this episode you probably will already have learned that the Patriots won the Super Bowl <laughs> it's uh I'm saying that because it's has a air of an inevitability about it that the Patriots yeah, I'm, I'm back here he is and so, so I just heard you talk about the Patriots winning the Super Bowl uh, maybe right. so 
But have you seen that meme going around from, I think it's Daniel 7? Yes, about, I shared it. About, okay, yeah, the ram hitting the goat and knocking his horns off. <laughs> no, it's the other way around. The goat hits the ram and knocks, knocks the ram's horns uh, off. Okay, all right, all right. Well, I yeah. thought the goat would be Brady. I mean, he's, right. you know. Greatest of all time. I want to see somebody knock the, knock the horns off the you want to see it the other way around. You want it to go against the Bible. Mm. Maybe not. <laughs> well, okay. I think a, a toppling of Tom Brady and the Patriots would be biblical in another sense. So I think you're good either way. <laughs> you know, the mighty falling and the, uh Yeah. All that good stuff. Tried going before a fall. You know. So. I haven't watched football for two years now. That's right. And I'm not going to watch it on Sunday. You're not going to? Yeah. I'm fast getting up. I won't. I'll read a book. (laughs) So I'm not watching it either, but not because I'm fasting from football. Why, Why are you missing it? I'm in a musical, and it goes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. It goes on. Our final performance is right in the middle of the Super Bowl. So we might record it. Who knows? We'll see. Actually, 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 we probably won't record it because one of the cast members is going to have it streaming backstage, <laughs> and we're actually going to. It's kind of fun. He'll. Uh, we're encouraging people to bring backstage some you know tailgate type uh items and food so it'll be like a little backstage party behind the scenes so you know that that reminds me of a wedding i performed yeah it was during the world series oh man no it was during the the american league championship it was okay. I think it was the red sox versus the yankees how many years ago was that was that 2010 oh uh, well I, I mean the red sox and the yankees played this year this last year? No, no, no. Yeah, this is this is a ways back. Okay. But um, I had I had my son Nathan sit in the front row, uh, and he had his phone on, so he could <laughs> relay a score to me while I was officiating. Oh and, my word! Well, the couple were baseball freaks too, so that <laughs> you know, while we were up there staring at each other, I could get the I could get the uh, message from Nathan, and I could give it to the to the. Right, How did you you just verbally said it, or did you have a code? Well, it's just it was just you know fingers, you know. Just, <laughs> one, one hand was the Red Sox, one hand was the Yankees, and just kind of kept it straight that way. That is hilarious. Yeah, it was it was good. So, oh my gosh, that's so funny. I I hate to say it though, but I think that's one of the marriages that didn't last. And I don't oh. That, that has to, anything to do with it? I I don't think so. <laughs> Well, well, it depends. Was one a Yankees fan and one a Red Sox fan? That might have had something to do with it. You know, they're they're both they're both Red Sox fans. Oh, okay. Yet, yet one continues to be involved in, uh, in professional athletics in the, in the business side. So I, I okay. Don't know. <laughs> oh man. So maybe it's not all bad. So. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm excited. Right. Baseball season's coming, well, and I'm with you. Baseball you season. Getting- Baseball season is better than football season. I know, season. it's one of the things like, you know, these, these loving couples who share wonderful moments together. 
over the many years of marriage, you know, wedding bliss. They look at you and say, you know, this this year will be the week of February 10th. And they'll say, oh, you know, what big event comes up this week? You know, they'll just stop and think, pictures report. That's the big deal. That's week. right. Pictures report. Not our anniversary. Oh, no, wait. And, and not Valentine's Day. Not so. Valentine's Day. Nope. Baseball. Baseball is bigger than Valentine's Day. I think so. Especially since the last several years I've had to be out of town at Valentine's Day. It, it would bother my wife if I said, hey, uh, while I was in Oregon, I went and celebrated Valentine's Day. <laughs> Just all by myself. I had a cupcake and yeah. <laughs> sent myself some chocolates. and <laughs> That'd you know, be funny. Guess it wouldn't be so bad. She could do the same. Yeah, and just imagine that you're there. There you go. Yeah. Okay. All right. right. Enough banter. (laughs) (laughs) Enough banter about baseball and love. Love and baseball. They really go together. They do. There is a movie called Love and Basketball. Yes. YouTube clip from George Carlin talking about the difference of base, between baseball and football. Yes, you. I saw a link here. The uh, George Carlin talking about the difference between baseball and football, and I have it's, never uh, seen that. So, oh, it's it's enlightening. Ooh, so, I have to watch it. We'll put it up there. Yeah. Baseball better than football. We're with you, George Carlin, even if well, I haven't says, watched it. Yet. He says verses, and I don't think he's necessarily making a moral judgment. Oh, okay. Yeah, he really is kind of. <laughs> I can understand it. I can understand it. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, okay. So moving on. Uh, looking at uh, themes, let's move. What do we want to move to? Do we want to go to lectionary? Yeah, let's talk about what's coming up in Luke. Okay. So Luke. So yes, we're transitioning. We're moving this year, year C, and the lectionary calendar all about Luke. Well, not all about Luke, but a lot about Luke. And as we're heading into the season of Lent, there will be some transition in Luke away from uh, chronological passages of Luke to more thematic gospel readings, okay? But they will later on in the year, when we go back to ordinary time, they will fall back into sequence. So what we can do, this is uh, something interesting Craig found, is... Uh, from Alan Culpepper in the New Interpreter's Bible. He notes that in Luke, um, during Jesus's Galilean ministry, before he turns toward Jerusalem, there's a period of questions that get asked. And you can frame almost a journey through the Luke, Lucan text and with your community centering around these questions. So it begins in Luke 5. <clears throat> and uh, this would be Luke 5.21 is the question, who is this speaking blasphemies? Who is this speaking blasphemies? Is this the text? Is he still in the, in the synagogue on the day? Is that right? No, that's, a, that's after the synagogue, but he's already, he's already offended people. That's, uh, that's right. Okay. That's four. That's chapter four. That's right. That's right. Oh, no, no. Okay, that's right. In this one, he uh, heals a paralyzed man, and then he says um, he forgives the man. That's what he does. Right. Right. So yep. who are you to forgive sins? Like, that's right. That's right. Who are you? Who can speak? Why does this fellow, who is this fellow who speaks such blasphemy? Who can forgive sins? But God alone. That's right. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So who speaks these blasphemies? The Pharisees are a little riled up about uh, Jesus forgiving somebody's sins. Imagine that. 
Luke 7, next question. Are you the one who is to come? And uh, these, are, I believe this is, his, who's asking this question? Well, these, these are the, that's, that's the point. Disciples? Where, well, John the Baptist is in jail. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's John's he, disciples. Yeah. Uh, he sends them with this message. Hey, are you the one? That's right. Uh, that we're waiting for. Are, are you the guy? Now, can I ask you, man, like, why does John ask this question? If he's already earlier in the story said, "Hey, hey, here's the one. Look." How, how did he? How did it happen at the baptism in Luke? In the baptism in Luke, uh, yeah. let's take a look. Because I think what we, what I generally think of is the baptism in John, where it's like, "Behold, the Lamb of God." Right, right. Uh, well, let's and, double check. Here's what yeah. it says. Uh, John said to the crowds coming out to him, you know, you brood of vipers, remember that? John answered, anyone who has two shirts, he tells them what to do. And then when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. John in this text might not have and said. Then, and then is, this, is it the Spirit? Yeah. Jesus? Yep. And, it's, and, uh, and the Spirit says, the Spirit says, um, uh, you are my son whom I love with you. I'm well right. pleased. So it's almost directed. It's, uh, you know, maybe people overhearing. Message. Yeah. A conversation. Yeah. Yep. And so, so John theoretically could have not seen. He, yeah. he was baptizing people. Jesus was one of them. That's right. And, and even, Jesus. you know, even technically, because in the flow of that chapter, um, that's about chapter three. John uh, does his thing. He rebukes the uh, uh, the people. He says, you know, why are you coming out here, you brood of vipers? And then in that little portion, it then says he locked John up in prison. And then it says when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. So it's almost like maybe John isn't there. Well, that's interesting too. Oh, no, I don't know. But I mean, it's, it's probably an overlapping, but. But at, but at the very least, it's interesting. It puts Jesus in a role of anonymity. Yeah, that's right. You know, and uh, you know, kind of being the, the you know the Tom Joe and every man kind of guy. Yes. And then you you end up having him doing all these things, mm-hmm. and John's in prison, wondering, "Are you the guy? That, are you the guy? Sense. Okay, there you go. So, are you the one? Yeah. So the, yep, John's asking that question. And then the next question, who is this who even forgives sins? So even carrying on like a little bit, who even is this that forgives sins? Yeah, yeah. And that one's asked by, um, uh, who's that one asked by? Like, I think it's again, more people. Is it the guy after he's healing? Uh, is it the demon possessed guy in the garrison? Is that right? Uh, that would be, well, right? it could be. I just don't, I haven't memorized my show notes. <laughs> so, oh, come on, man. But yeah, so we got that one more question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, question, these questions. Uh, oh, no, that one is, uh, that's, um, that's his disciples after the calming of the sea. Oh, that's who is this? That, yeah, yeah, who yeah. is this? Who can, can yeah. that's right, who commands even the waters. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this makes sense why all this stuff, I love this structure because it still falls along with the idea of epiphany a little bit, even though it's the season after epiphany. We're still being revealed these things. Yep, yep. <clears throat> okay. And then the next question. Yeah. Go ahead. The next question is actually by uh, 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 Herod. Luke 9. Who is this? Okay, John. Yes, I cut John's head off, but who's this that yeah. I'm hearing such things about? Right. 
right? Because because mm-hmm. Herod has this terrible feeling that did John come back from the dead? That's yeah. I, what I, I thought I got rid of him. But, I thought I took care of this. So Herod's got this idea that Jesus is of the same. Yep. Ilk. Yep, that's right. So that's good, that should fly in the face of uh, because John, you know, clearly spoke truth to political power. That was one of his, you know, that was one of his downfalls, so to speak. And uh, Herod has the same fear about this guy. And so when you hear people say, oh, Jesus has nothing to say about politics, point them to King Herod, who believed that indeed he did. Yeah, that that Jesus and and John were of that same. That's right. I love that word, ilk. That's right, ilk. And then the final question in this thing is actually by John, uh, Jesus himself. Who do the crowds say that I am? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's, it, it, it's the final series of questions, but what's really powerful is where the answer comes from. Yeah. And that one, it comes from uh, the, well, the disciples, right? I mean, well, the crowds. No. Well, yeah. What do you mean? Well, Oh, well, well you talk about Peter, right? But what I'm talking about is this, this series of questions really move toward the transfiguration. Oh, okay. You're getting to the final. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're getting to yeah, the big yeah. answer. Okay, 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 okay. But, but, <laughs> I see what but, you're doing there. I'm tracking yeah, now. That's, that's the big answer. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I like it. Yes. So it gets to the big answer. And actually, we're going to just hint because we're going to talk about transfiguration that's next right. episode, but we've Believe led ourselves up to it. Believe you all with questions. That's right. The questions. Wrestle with them this week. The questions. Who is this speaking blasphemies? Which should raise more questions. Why are these people thinking he's blaspheming by forgiving people? Okay. Uh, let's wrestle with that a little bit, right? Especially when we have in our scripture, even their own scripture, even the uh, Hebrew scripture talks about forgiving others, you know, uh, right. it, there's an idea there. So why are they taking that as blaspheming for him? Of course, he's speaking uh, about big, you know, like at a bigger level of forgiving, but that's okay still. Well, and at the very least, that's how they're interpreting it. Yeah, you know, that's right. Nobody, no one can forgive but God. They're, they're really saying that you know, we yes. can other for our own interpersonal interactions or whatever, but right. But you can't forgive somebody on behalf of someone else. Ooh, big, good stuff to wrestle with there. Next question: Are you the one who is to come, John? Wrestling with a little—I mean, he's in prison. You can understand he's in a little bit of existential crisis himself. Like, is my? Oh, yeah. You can almost see. You can almost hear. He's clinging, right? Okay, he knows his death is imminent, and he's like, "So, what have I done with my life?" Is it yeah. led to nothing? Please tell me you are the one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really think that's part of what's going on here. Yep, yep, yep. So that I can have some sense of... That's interesting because you don't think of John. You know, John was so fiery, almost devil may care, which probably is not the appropriate way to, <laughs> to yeah, say it. But. Perhaps on the other side, you know, angel may care. I don't think that would yeah. <laughs> That's right. But just this idea. And yet here he is, you know, he has, he wrestles with some of the same stuff that we wrestle with, you know, like purpose and significance and meaning, which, which we have a wonderful resource to share about that. A book called Worthy by, that's right. Melanie uh, Springer Mock, which you've been reading a little bit this week, right? 
yeah, I'm just about done with it. Awesome. And uh, hope to have a conversation with her. Yeah, we'll get her on here. That'd be great. Yeah, she wrestles with all that kind of stuff um, in this book. Being worthy, significance, purpose. Love it. Okay. Uh, So John wrestles with that too. Luke 8, who is this? Who is this? Who commands the sea? Who commands the waters? Love it. Um, and that being a symbolic thing, right? Seas, the seas representing chaos and turmoil, and exactly. So it's a, it's another type of wilderness. It's That's not right, just, another wilderness. Not, not just deserts, but it's another place of chaos. Ah, so, I love it. These are good tofu, questions, man. Tofu That's right. That's right. That's a, and that's what was in the beginning. Yeah, right. the wildness. Okay, and then Luke, uh, uh, the Luke nine question: uh, politics, King Herod. Uh, I beheaded John, but who's this? Yeah. And then finally, who do the crowds say I am? So wrestle with those questions, those themes. Who do the crowds say I am? Well, do you think that, Jesus? That, do you think Jesus is wrestling with a little bit of well, significance you know, there? To me, that's a huge question about. You know, what is the psychological development, yeah. just, just in a normal human development way, you know, yeah. kind of understanding, for Jesus in his own self-understanding. That's right. I mean, because if he was human, he He's had human. all the same barriers and boundaries and, you know, that, that we do. Oh, that's a good way to, th- that's a good, oh man, that's Especially deep. if it says he was, you know, in Hebrews, he was tempted in every way. That's right. That we are, I mean, part Which, of that temptation is do I need to do this? And I think that's what I like most about the, the book, The Last Temptation of Christ. Yes. Is that the last temptation isn't like, okay, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the, the new King David. I'm going to take over Jerusalem. No, it's nothing big. It was, I'm just going to be a carpenter. Mary and I are going to go get married, have a family. And I'm just going to be a normal guy. Beautiful. I love it. I almost added that, the movie to our list here, but I'll add it to the book. Oh, resource yeah. great okay yeah the last temptation of christ yes this and yeah and 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 temptation beyond that of is it even worth me doing all this stuff like right. am i what am i i wonder gosh man do you ever think jesus had a moment where the human side of him was like dude you might be crazy <laughs> well you know um yeah, I, I, I just have trouble thinking he didn't have that. Ah, gosh, boy. Wow. Wow. I mean, one of the other definitions of paranoia is this idea, this, this fear that everybody's out to get you, and that's a common misunderstanding. Right. It's a, self, a, self, it's a sense of self-aggrandizement. Is that saying that word right? Yeah. You're thinking bigger than you really are. And mm. to me, that would be the biggest struggle for for Jesus to go, okay, am I really the son of God? Am I, am I really this guy? Wow. And, and then say, yes, I am. And then go, but I'm not crazy. To say Boy, that. boy, you know, it'd be interesting. I wonder if, um, Paroiza or Paro, Paro, <laughs> what's the word I'm like? Perusia has the same root as paranoia. I wonder. That's one to look up. You know, we, I, I wish we could like phone a friend. <laughs> right? Because it'd be really great to, to call our friend uh, Richard Beck. Ah. He writes the blog Experimental Theology. And yes. we had him on, uh, I think, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And 
because he's a clinical, he's a, he's a research psychologist. Right. He might be fun to talk to about this stuff. Oof, that's, that'd be, yeah, I wonder if, if paranoia, it seems like it, yeah, it seems like it would have to be a Greek, Greek yeah. roots, so. But noia, noia has to do with mind, para. Right. Something. Well, so perusia, like the root word meaning is presence, right. you know. So, so paranoia, though, it's interesting, just sticking with that word, it's, it is the para version of repentance. So repentance yeah. is metanoia. Yeah, metanoia, yep. Ah, like, oh, ooh, good, okay. ooh, good. So, ooh. Words to play with. Oh, man, I wish we were better with words. Playing with words, oh, well. <laughs> I don't know. We're playing with words. We, we <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's good Ooh. stuff. Okay. Uh, okay. So yeah, so those are good questions to wrestle with um, and journey with Jesus. Oh, we're going to leave you guys with that because we think that those are great questions for people to have amongst themselves with their congregation and with just groups, any group, you know, talk about um, Jesus's identity and wrestling with your own identity and understanding that, there is a journey of exploration and maybe it's just fine to not attempt to try to prove who Jesus is, but to just wrestle with identity and journey of exploration. I think that, that can help us to have a more uh, humble face yep. Yep. to our communities mm -hmm. rather than be the people who know it all, have all the answers. We simply present ourselves as people who, as people who continue to ask us questions. That's good. What I like, um, the idea of wrestling with these questions then allows other people who maybe don't ascribe to our set in stone tenets and points of doctrine, um, maybe not even a part of the Christian community, but definitely have experiences of Christ because we believe, I believe that Christ plays in 10,000 places. So... Yeah. Um, to invite them in and go, you know, hey, and, and to extend to them an invitation saying, hey, look, I need you to help me figure out who Jesus is because I believe you have an experience of Jesus that I haven't right. had. So, yeah. Right. Definitely. Oh. You know, one, of the, one of the experiments that, that uh, we did with some of the consulting, some of the churches we consulted with, uh, well, it's the project that was you know, several years ago now, but we encourage people to go out into their communities with the Luke 10 passage in mind about knocking on the door and finding a person in peace. It, it doesn't mean go find another Christian, go find another believer, go find, you know, it, it meant just somebody who's, who seems like a welcoming, hospitable person and enter into that relationship. And then ask them these kinds of questions. In fact, we thought, wouldn't it be great to sit down with those people and have them read the passage, uh, the Luke 10 passage, and say, what do you think about this? Yeah. Not looking for answers, but just find out what what perspective, what questions do they do they do they see? Mm, that's good. Those, take those incredibly seriously. Yeah, that's good. I love it. What talk about life changing uh, uh, conversations that you could have with right, people? Right. For both, for both people. Well, really, it's, it's uh, not life changing for people to do that because so often we get caught up thinking that we're supposed to give answers. Yeah, right? And who doesn't want, honestly, at the, at the end of the day, who doesn't want a more, well, I suppose I could answer this question because there are people who don't want this, but who doesn't want a more expansive 
you know, encompassing uh, faith experience. You know what I mean? Right, right. And yeah, I, 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 I hope people want that. You're right. But, but to get that involves struggle. Yes. So. And the struggle is real, and the struggle is beautiful. And sometimes tiring. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. That's true. So. Good, good point. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm, 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 okay, so while I have that on my mind, <clears throat> there was a great, well, okay, so I, that, not that, actually, we're going to move on. <laughs> actually, no, no, no. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. Okay, so we're talking about expansing, uh, expansive community conversations with people. Oh, I know where you're going. <laughs> How about, wait, where do you think I'm going to go? Are you looking at the articles that I've listed? Yes. Yeah, there's some exciting stuff about expansive communication conversations. Which are you think I'm talking about the aliens? Well, I don't know about aliens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think I'm talking about? Are you, are you talking like Canadian aliens? No, I'm talking about outer space aliens. Oh, oh right. Okay. Well, yeah, but it was it were they were research. Some of it was done from researchers at the University of British Columbia. Oh, where that was it? Yeah, like yeah. So yeah, it's Canadians. Oh, they found. Are they the ones who found the radio signals? So the radio signals were well, basically, like most any scientific you know, experiment. The results need to be replicated in multiple places. Sure. So the articles I was able to find, I couldn't find the one about uh, British Columbia. And I wanted to find that one because the, the name of the lead scientist in the project, uh, I believe, is a Mennonite. It's like, oh, I want to talk about Oh, cool. Find out what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But what's really incredible is that, you know, there, there are these radio signals coming from deep space. Yes. And part of the experiment was to find out whether or not these were just random radio signals or if they really had a pattern. Right. There and it seems things. like they have a, a pattern, right? Correct. So that, that, that was just that. I don't know what it would feel like to be a scientist who thinks somebody said something. Yeah, that's right, man. Oh, they're, my word. They're light years away. They said this, I don't know, a million years ago. Oh, that's so crazy. But they said something. And that yeah. would just that would just give me chills. That would be that'd be so amazing. What if it were? <clears throat> oh man! What if it were like, uh, um, uh, you know, diving into the quantum physics and and uh, uh, theory a little bit? What if it's like? What if it's her uh, the 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 scientists themselves communicating with themselves? Oh, that'd be cool. I love that. <laughs> Man. Did, did you ever see the movie Contact? Yes. So and good. The, the quantum time machine. Yep. Uh, these yep. gyroscopes. And, yeah. Yep. Yep. And also the movie more recently. Um, um, oh, boy. What is the name of it? Uh, Matthew McConaughey's in it. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I love it. What is it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it starts off with a scene in a... Kind oh, of a in, in, Interstellar. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Same idea there. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Yep, yep. Two good movies. We'll put those in yeah. the links. Those are great ones. Yeah. So, yeah, that is an expansive community. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. 
Oh, beautiful. Good stuff. Speaking of, okay, so <clears throat> I also wanted to toy with uh, the idea a little bit of, uh, you know, Herod and, you know, hey, I beheaded John. Why is this? What's still going on? So politics a little bit. I found a fantastic website um, yesterday called Prayer and Politics. And politics is spelled P-O-L-I-T-I-K-S. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> edgy. So, <laughs> but I think, I think Craig, um, it clearly has some root in, well, so the guy actually, his background, okay, his name is, I'm going to go there because I can't remember his name. He's an author, he's written, and, and we, I really want to get a hold of some of these resources because they sound amazing. Uh, one book he wrote is called In the Land of the Willing. Litanies, prayers, poems, and benedictions, and it's written. Uh, his name is Ken Sehested, and uh, oh, the four. Yeah, yeah. Do you know him? Well, I boy, I I met him a long, long time ago. Oh, he sounds yeah. incredible. The stuff he's and doing. He, he had been the head of the uh, Baptist. Yes. 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 Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's I the met guy. Him when I was back east in seminary when I was working for Ron Sider. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's, uh, um, yeah, that, I was going to say that's a big part of what he's doing here is about peace yeah. and is it, uh, Baptist peace fellowship of North America. Is that the name of it? That's that's so yes, he was like the head of that, but now he's no longer the head of that. I, I think he's a little bit older now. And so he's kind of, uh, slowing down. So now he's a pastor of, or co-pastor of a church, I think with his wife or daughter or something like that. So anyway, and cool. yeah, it's, they're doing some cool things, but the book, the works, he's mainly focusing, it seems like on his writing now. And so he's written one called Peace Primer 2. Or, uh, and, uh, and this one sounds amazing because it has voices, him plus Rabbi Lynn Gottlieb plus Chaplain Rabia Terry Harris, plus um, a Muslim, who's not only a chaplain, but also a Muslim scholar. Uh, so you, you got uh, Ken, who's a Protestant, Lynn Gottlieb, who's Jewish, and Terry Harris, who's a Muslim scholar, and they've worked together on this peace prim primer, primer, however you say it, primer, too. Sounds pretty good. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things about, about Ken, um, you know, people change in decades, but um, that's a, he's a Baptist. Yeah, and still, you know, and, I think. And we have these, we have these stereotypical <laughs> images of Baptists. Right, right. Narrow fundamentalists. Yep. Uh, but the Baptists I met when I was back east in Pennsylvania were not those people. Can I tell you, I can't remember the name of the publication, um, but it's one of my favorite publications of all time now. And I, you, Oh, it's called Liberty. And it's put out by one of the Baptist denominations, and I can't remember which one, but it is very like peace... Um, nonviolence, separation of church and state and maintaining a prophetic voice to, against politics. And I was blown away when I found out it was a, a Baptist, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> publication. So yeah, I can't remember which one it was, but yeah, incredible. So anyway, the website is prayer and politics. Politics has a K instead of a C dot org. Um, really cool stuff. And so it's got poetry on there. It's got litanies and prayers. It'd be a fantastic resource, I think, throughout the season of lectionary. And so even right now, of course. So, yep. Awesome. Cool. I'm glad I found that one. And uh, we'll put a link to that. Um, 
movies I wanted to talk about that I put on here. Two of them. Actually, three. But one's John Q. Do you remember John Q? The movie John Q? Oh, yeah, yeah. With That's... Denzel Washington. And yeah. uh, the, um, the story is his son collapses. He has a heart condition. He rushes him to the emergency room. And the only hope that his son has is a transplant, but his insurance won't cover the transplant. So John Q takes the emergency room. That's right. He takes the place hostage and says, until you, uh, you're here until you perform this transplant. And I picked this one because, uh, well, for one, so moving in Lent, you know, who is Jesus? What's he here for? What's he doing? And, um, John Q seems to me like an example, like he's willing to lay down his life for his son, you know, and, wow. uh, yeah, cause he yeah. knows, he knows what he's doing and he's going to be gone, you know, basically. But I also like in it, the people who were at first a part of the system that was, um, making it so he couldn't get the transplant through the course of the movie they switch, you know, they almost switch sides, basically. Like, they totally understand, and they are for John Q, you know, by the end. So. Well, yeah, it, without getting into the ending, but that transformation of the characters. Yes. Really a cool thing to watch. Yep, 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 yep. <clears throat> that was one. The other was a movie called The War. Do you remember this movie with Kevin Costner and a very young Elijah Wood? No. Okay, no, so... Kevin Costner is a Vietnam War veteran. He comes home and he has to deal with, you know, he obviously he's got uh, issues from the war, but he has to come home and be a father and be a presence in his children's life. And one couple things I really like about it. One, um, it shows a very positive family, you know, parenting. A lot of times movies are all about, you know, how awful parents are and terrible they are and how kids are, you know, rising up against this. But this is actually a guy who comes home and I can't remember all the details, but he has himself become very, well, you know, I, like if you want to use a word, I would use meek in a sense. Huh. Um, but in a positive, you know, like positive way, like, so we've had all this discussion lately about masculinity, right. And toxic masculinity and Kevin Costner, Vietnam war vet, comes home and he has this, his own connection with his son and opens up and it's good, brilliant stuff. But there's particular scenes in there where the son, Elijah, he's wrestling with um, uh, arguments and fighting with friends and, you know, basically enemies. They're not really his friends. But the Vietnam War vet teaches him how to love his enemies. That's really cool. So... You there? That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a yeah. scene in particular that really stands out, and I don't want to give it away. Well, it's, uh, it's on YouTube. Maybe we'll put a link to it, but it's like the son gets walloped by these two people, you know, gets beat up. Well, he doesn't get beat up. They both they get in a tussle and a fight because the son's getting made fun of. The dad comes along and breaks up the fight, and he has uh, cotton candy, and he gives the two children who were making fun of the son, cotton candy, and the son is livid, you know, is absolutely livid. Like, why? I hope you understand those are the kids that, you know, beat me up and taunt me. Why would you do? And, and the father says, I know who they are. I know exactly who they are. And the son wow. says, well, why would you give him them 
that cotton candy. And he turns and looks at them and looks back at his son. And he says, they look like to me, they haven't been given anything in a long time. Whew. That's wow. good. Yeah. Yeah, that is good. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that. No, it's good. The war. So, okay. So what, what one movie that I haven't watched Mm-hmm. that I want to watch. I just, I put it on my uh, Netflix uh, list to watch is a movie called Roma. Okay. And uh, we were talking about a new song by Beck. Oh yes. Uh, just released this last week called Tarantula. And okay. uh, it's a, this, the song is kind of, is kind of haunting. And then I found mm-hmm. out, Oh, it's from a movie. So I looked up the movie and, and I thought, what a, a challenge this would be to create a movie based on uh, on this topic the, the top the, the, the story is about a woman who's a domestic worker in Mexico City oh wow it's like wait that sounds so um, without it it sounds like a life without much drama mm. uh, it sounds, <laughs> it, sounds it, it sounds like it's very uh, what's the word I'm looking predictable you know oh yeah and, and um, so I'm really looking forward to this movie because uh, it, I don't know how much the, the the song tarantula has to do with the movie but uh, the thing about the, the story about tarantula it's a, the, the song is it's a it's a very kind of moody um, gentle uh, song uh, by Beck and uh, there's a line in there about living underground in the dark if you disturb me, I'll bite. And, oh man. And so it's like, okay, okay. I want to see what's going on in this story. This sounds like a very interesting movie. Oh, you know what? That sounds like a good thing to play and end on since I got to go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You got to go pick up some of my daughters. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's play this and uh, go on out. But we have a, there's a few more articles we want to share uh, that you'll find in the resources that talk a lot about um, some of the things we discussed here. So stuff about, um, I actually shared one, Craig, about the uh, Dutch service that ended finally after 92 days. Oh, you know that's that? right. Yes, yeah. I, I wanted to post that. I thought, oh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, I got it on yeah. here. We didn't get to it, but what a wonderful example of love yeah. and neighborliness and uh, in the middle of exploring who Jesus is, you know, living out yeah. a little bit what yeah. we know about Jesus. So good stuff. We'll put a link to that and uh, um, some children's books too to share that I think fit nicely with the Luke, um, the Luke sermon on the plane and its beatitudes so we'll get those on there too very good all right and this is beck tarantula enjoy this song and craig have fun setting churches aright (laughs) thank you very much i will i will enjoy my my time with these folks (laughs) all right I'm feeling numb Can see it in my stare I wear my mask so falsely numb And I don't know who I am Despite the world's inside of me Pushing me away 
Thanks for 